This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. They will kill a true crime podcast. I'm Sadie Eck. And I am Courtney Eck. And I'm enunciating in a strange way today. We'll see Ooh, how it goes. Hmm. I love it. See what happens. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. Sadie <laughs> is learning learning proper English so she can marry the king. That's right. Did you know that Thailand, speaking of, um, I just learned this, speaking of the king and I, Thailand is the only non-colonized place. <laughs> like it was the only place that wasn't. Wow. Well, they weren't colonized because that king adopted colonial life. Like he just set hmm. the country up to be like super proper and he loved and they don't know if it was just because he loved sort of British behavior and tradition or if mm-hmm. he did it to protect his people. It's interesting. A, the great debate. I had no idea. Isn't that interesting? Well, I had no idea either. Yeah, so. I have a very good friend from Thailand, and she told me all about it. Um, but this Excellent. is not the history of Thailand. <laughs> For those of you who are like, I wondering. really thought this was true crime, um, mm-hmm. and now we're going to talk about the king and I. Nope. Um, okay. Tonight, you guys, I have a crazy, crazy story. I've been orbiting around this one for a while. It's it's on the shorter side. I'll just go ahead and say that, which is weird because it's very similar to um, Junko Furuta. Oh. I think it's because there's a limited amount of information available. But so this is the god-awful, horrible torture and murder of Fan Man Yi, uh, otherwise known as the Hello Kitty murder. Oh, I have circled around this one, too. Yes. Yeah, I think it's pretty famous as a sort of true crime blog post, Reddit post, but yeah. not a lot of people have covered it on podcasts. I'm so glad so. you're doing it because it keeps coming up on my radar and I keep putting it back down. So yeah. I'm glad that you did it. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. So yes. trigger warning for torture, rape, and graphic violence, uh. you guys. You know, I always try to be very respectful in presenting these kinds of cases. Uh, there are a couple of details that I will include, but if you're not into horrible cases, this is one to skip. Mm-hmm. All of that said, so in Hong Kong in May of 1999, a 14-year-old girl entered her local police station and reported something very out of the ordinary. The girl went to the station alone, was very clearly upset, and she reported to the police that she was being haunted. Oh. I'm not sure if it's because Eastern countries have more traditions and superstitions that deal with the supernatural, or if they were just being kind to a distraught young woman, but police listened to her entire story. Can you imagine, she, like, doing that in the U.S.? They would just no, be like, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Immediate 5150, like, immediately... Right. Yeah, you're going into the drug rehab center or a mm-hmm. mental institution. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no way. So the young woman said that every single night she was being visited by another young woman in her 20s who was covered in blood. 
She said that after many nocturnal visits, it became clear to her that she would never be rid of the ghost if she didn't go to police and confess what she and her friends had done. Mm, bummer. Mm-hmm. So Don't police create like, your own ghosts. <sighs> but imagine. I mean, no, anyway, we'll, we'll so talk scary. all about it. And this girl's 14. 14, you guys. No. If police weren't already shaken by what they were hearing, they were about to be rocked to their core. Also keep in mind that Hong Kong, at least at the time, had a very low crime rate for a major city. Quote, Hong Kong's homicide rate, 1.23 per 100,000 people, is among the lowest of any major city in the world. New York's murder rate, despite recent declines at the time the article was written, uh, was nearly 15 times higher. Wow. Yes. So the newly 14-year-old girl claimed that she and her friends had abducted the woman who had later started haunting her and had murdered her after they tortured her for a full month. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. The girl's identity has been kept secret because she was only 13 when the crimes occurred. And she explained that all of the other people who participated were men in their 20s and 30s. What? She said that they were all very powerful men who were members of the Triad, which is an organized crime syndicate that operates out of several Southeast Asian countries, and they operate very similarly to mafia organizations throughout the world. So how did a 13-year-old girl get wrapped up in a brutal crime syndicate and intermittently participate in the abduction and torture of a woman? Because of true love, of course. Uh, uh. Yep. This 13-year-old girl was in a romantic relationship with one of the men who was 34 years old. And so not only was... Go ahead. I just... That's not a romantic relationship. That's a... Oh, you don't think so? You don't think that that's possible? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Not only was he a predator who was sleeping with a child. Yeah. He also invited her to join him and his friends while they tortured an innocent person. What is happening? And then the person they tortured started haunting the traumatized child who was already being preyed upon by adult criminal men. Uh Uh-uh. Yes, you guys, this shit is extremely dark. So police looked into the girl's claims and it brought them back to a 23-year-old woman named Fan Man Yi who had been working as a nightclub hostess in Hong Kong. It's not entirely clear, but it's implied that Man Yi was not only hostessing and serving at the club, but was also engaged in sex work. And I'm going to go ahead and say, (laughs) this is one of those cases where every single article about this case is the same, Mm -hmm. and every single article is like slightly different. They're almost Mm -hmm. all kind of blog post style articles. I did find some like Washington Post and more reputable sources reporting on this at the time, but the details are very fuzzy. Some of the minor details like club might also be brothel, you know, like Mm -hmm. she definitely engaged in sex work. It wasn't entirely clear whether or not she was engaging in it at the time of her death, but probably, probably. I think lots gets mixed up in translation, too. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I, and I think that's why a lot of people have not covered this case, because it's not, it didn't make it over to the United States, I think, very mm-hmm. well. And I did. I dug so hard for more, but it's, it just doesn't exist in the United States. 
So Manyi had grown up in an all-girls orphanage, but was forced to move out uh, when she aged out at the age of 15. She then lived on the streets and was a sex worker to survive. She also got addicted to drugs during that time, so her life was extremely hard. She eventually gave birth to a son, and some sources say she was married to a fellow drug abuser, and those sources also say that the marriage was very abusive. So again, the details get a little dicey here, but the important details are all the same, so the main parts of the crime. When Man Yi was 21, she started working in a brothel, or some sources say a nightclub, which was a more safe environment for her to work in, as it was more structured and there were more people to look out for her safety. Working there did, however, put her in contact with very powerful and dangerous people, as it was frequented by members of the triad and other people living on the fray. Man Yi had regular clients at the club, and one of her regulars was 34-year-old Chan Man Lok. Again, some reports say that Man Yi was his favorite hostess, and some say that she and Man Lok had a sexual relationship, but regardless, Man Lok was a member of the triad and was a very seedy character, to say the least. And I think he presented, and I'm assuming this is sort of like, you know, mafia in the United States or anywhere else, or like the Yakuza, like I think he was well-respected and sort of like a regarded socialite sort of character. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So when he visited the club, he always sought out Man Yi, and over time, she hatched a plan to steal his wallet to help supplement her income, yep, and support her young son. That's a terrible plan, honey. (laughs) I know. Like, just steal anybody else's wallet. I know. So then one night, Man Yi followed through with her plan and stole his wallet, which contained around $4,000 Hong Kong, which, again, I saw different numbers, but was the equivalent of between 500 and 2500 American dollars at the time. A lot of money for 1999, regardless. Yeah. It didn't take long for Man Lok to figure out that Man Yi had stolen the money from him and so he confronted her and demanded she give him his money back, along with $10,000 interest mm. for stealing the money in the first place and showing him disrespect. Oh, that's so scary. I know. I also wonder if he made it up, you know, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if she was desperate enough to steal from a mafia member, from a triad member, but he also just, he really liked her. She was his favorite. And so he could have concocted a story that she stole his wallet as, you know, a reason to come up with this reason to do what he right. did to her, you know? So anyone who knows anything about organized crime knows that the one thing that is not tolerated is signs of disrespect. And members of organizations like the triad will go to great lengths to make an example out of people who betray or disrespect them. Man Yi managed to return the original $4,000 that she had stolen, but she asked for more time to collect the additional $10,000, and Man Lok was not about to oblige. He knew that she was a struggling single mother and was more likely to disappear without paying him than pay him back, which would make him look even worse, and so he took matters into his own hands. Oh. Yeah, and trigger warning again, guys. It's about to... We're about to go there. Yeah. So Chan Man Lok reached out to two of his fellow triad members, 21-year-old Long Wan Loon 
27-year-old Long Xin Cho and the 14-year-old girl who I mentioned earlier. And on March 17, 1999, they found Man Yi working the streets, soliciting sex work, and kidnapped her. <laughs> they brought Man Yi to a cesspool of an abandoned apartment. And, you know, it looks like it looks like apartments in, like, video games, horror video games. Like, it's right. so abandoned, like, so fucked up and terrifying looking. And that was owned by the triad, and they explained that she was being forced into sexual servitude to work off her $10,000 debt one way or another. She was essentially their property then, and they could do whatever they wanted to her. And so again, trigger warning for torture and rape, because her fate was extremely gruesome. According to the teenage girl, who was the only eyewitness in the case... So on the first night, the three men took turns beating and raping Manyi for many hours and into the morning. This type of behavior continued for several days, and eventually the physical violence escalated to include metal bars, bats, kitchen utensils, and, quote, pieces of furniture. Mm-mm. And what's the purpose of having this 13-year-old there? <sighs> I mean, what's the purpose of torturing a woman to death you know in the first place i think it's just power and sadism i think these people particularly man Locke, was like just a full-blown sadist and hated women and you know was probably trafficking this little girl so yeah you know forcing her to participate in the torture of another woman would implicate her her more yep exactly The teenage witness claimed that the men would force Banyi to, quote, smile and laugh and tell them how excited she was to receive the horrible treatment. And that the beatings were even more severe if she refused. It wasn't long before Banyi's body was so brutalized that she couldn't move, let alone provide sex for money. And so potential clients refused to pay for her services. But Man Locke was content to use her as a sadistic outlet for his rage and frustrations. I know. When they weren't brutalizing Man Yi, the three men would hang out in another room of the apartment where they would play video games, use methamphetamine, and party with each other. Their methods of torture continued to evolve over the days that Man Yi was alive, and they started burning her with plastic, wax, or directly to her skin, and focused on the soles of her feet so she would remain immobile. This next detail is particularly hard to hear, but they would also smear food, spices, human waste, and dirt in her open wounds, so you can imagine the levels of infection she was also battling in her last days. And you gotta just hope at some point she is just out, you know, like yeah. mentally. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Because I, I, yeah, it's incredible to think that the human body could endure something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would, I would hope beyond hope that she went into full shock or checked out or was just unconscious for the last days mm-hmm. of her life. But even still, it's just, yeah. It, it's like totally unfathomable. They also starved her and the only things she was forced to eat are things that no human should ever eat. Mm-hmm. 
This is the last detail of her horrendous ordeal, but at the very end of her life, when she was too weak and immobile to move or stand, they started hanging her from the ceiling fan by her wrists and would leave her there for many hours at a time and sometimes overnight. (sighs) (laughs) That's that's the end of it. I mean, that's enough, but that's the end of it. So then around a month after she'd been abducted and the nightmare had begun for Manyi, the three men and the teenage girl left the apartment to get food, and when they returned, they found that she had finally succumbed to her torture and was dead in the bathtub in the bathroom where they locked her when they left the apartment. The next day, the group decided that she would need to be dismembered to make it harder for her body to be identified, and so they spent the day cutting her mangled body into pieces and boiling the pieces on the stove in an attempt to remove her flesh from her bones and stop it from decomposing. (sighs) Once she had been reduced to a skeleton, they took her skull, for some unknown reason to this day, they stuffed it into a Hello Kitty mermaid doll and sewed it back up. Yep. Which is why this case is commonly referred to as the Hello Kitty murder. (laughs) Because if it wasn't fucked up enough. Right. If it wasn't fucked up enough. Yep. They also stored some of her organs in their refrigerator. God. So after the 14-year-old girl told the police this horrendous tale, they of course searched the apartment that she claimed had been used to torture Manyi for a month and were able to recover her skull in a Hello Kitty doll, one of her teeth, and her organs. Where was the... Hello Kitty doll. I think in the apartment. I think Still, all the, they just all left the it things. there. Yeah. Yep. So this, of course, helped corroborate the teen's story. But without her entire body, Mani's entire body, it was impossible to confirm the exact cause of death. And so the men in question told authorities a totally different story, of course. Mm-hmm. The men who kidnapped, tortured, and murdered Manyi claimed that they had just set up a simple one-woman brothel with Manyi with her full consent. They claimed that the issues arose because Manyi was a drug addict, and one day, while they were out, she OD'd on methamphetamine and died. When they came back and found her, they panicked and dismembered her and disposed of her body so that they wouldn't be implicated in her death. It was clear that the men did have something to do with Manyi's demise, but without a cause of death, they had to be charged with manslaughter. No. Uh... I know. And I would be like, um, there's a 13-year-old girl coming to yeah. us and telling us that she is your girlfriend, and so uh-huh. we're just going to go ahead and Believe jump and she make says. that j- leap and assume that you did what she said you did. Not to mention that the, like this... I mean, not that this story isn't horrific and strange in all ways, but, like, the fact that they found the Hello Kitty doll with the skull inside, yeah, like, I think verifies the facts that, of the story. Like, she's not just making shit up. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I think they were able to sense or, like, to charge them in the first place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because they clearly, she died. They had something to do with it. Yeah. The details lined up with what this girl said so without that you know i don't know i don't know what you do with that because it is plausible you know i don't think you dismember a body after they od you would probably just leave her there to be found by police as an od victim right yes yeah obviously they're 
even if even if that was true, which it clearly is not true, but even if it were true, you know, obviously they don't want to put heat on themselves. She's right. in their apartment that they own. You know, they're doing all kinds of horrible shit. Okay, maybe, but yeah, you are exactly right that if if that were the case, they wouldn't have put her skull in a Hello Kitty body and like mm-hmm. restuffed it and sewed it back up. Yeah. Oh, God, so many chills. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. So the trial lasted six weeks. It's also like, ugh. I mean, we've all watched the fucking movies and stuff. We've watched Reservoir Dogs and things, and it's just, mm-hmm. uh, to really wonder. Like, this is just the tip of the iceberg of things right. that these organizations do to human beings in an attempt to like maintain control and quote unquote yeah. respect. You know? Yep. I shudder to think. Yep. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So the trial lasted six weeks and the teenage girl testified for the defense in exchange for immunity from prosecution. In the end, all three men were found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 20 years. The judge who sentenced the trio said, quote, never in Hong Kong in recent years has a court heard of such cruelty, depravity, callousness, brutality, violence, and viciousness. The men were tested by a psychiatrist and no signs of mental illness were present in any of them. And the psychiatric report just described all three as, quote, remorseless. I couldn't find any information about whether all three men were paroled in 2020 when they had the opportunity. Mm -hmm. But no. (laughs) Yep. I did read that Long Shin Cho was sentenced to 12 months in prison in August of 2022 for sexually assaulting a 10-year-old girl. You are kidding me. I am not kidding you, Sadie Ray. The fact that anybody would get let out after being involved in a crime like that, I don't Uh know. I couldn't find out about the other two. I also read, again, I don't know if this is at all accurate, but I did read that he was paroled in 2011. Mm-mm. And if he was, like, what the fuck else did this guy do in the amount of time that he was let out? Even if he wasn't, he was let out in 2020. By 2022, he's already assaulting 10-year-old girls. So yeah, give him... Uh, no. And what about the, the 13-year-old? Like, did she get protected? It's There's not... You can't find anything about her. I mean, her name, There, you know, we don't know anything about her because she okay. was kept... Her Let's name was kept pro- out of the media. Yeah. I hope that they, like, didn't just say, okay, thank you, goodbye, you know, right. and then right. she got murdered. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't seem that they're working too hard to protect anybody because this guy also just got 12 months for assaulting right. the girl after being mm-hmm. a participant in torture and murder. 12 so, months. I just yeah. can't even do it. No. I also don't know what happened to Manyi's son. I, I think his father was in the picture, but again, you know, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> there's just no information. <laughs> mm. 
So after the trial had concluded and the public was aware of the atrocities that Man Yi endured in the apartment, the apartment building became a sort of meeting place for people who were interested in the paranormal. Mm -hmm. And eventually the neighborhood was sick of people showing up to conjure the spirit of poor Man Yi. And so the building was demolished in 2012. Yep. And a hotel was built on the lot in 2016. No. Yeah. (laughs) Don't put a hotel there. Nope. Are you kidding? Nope. But that, you guys, is the gruesome, horrendous, fucking awful torture and murder of Fan Man Yi. Oh, I don't like it, Courtney. No, I don't it like it at all. It makes me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't know why we have to be reminded that that type of depravity exists, but... Why does that exist? How, where does that come from? How does that happen? I mean, it's just like there are no words. There's nothing really to say about it. It's just. No. Yep. And also, how do you get that life? How does this poor woman grow up? You know, she was abandoned by her parents for whatever reason. Again, I don't know. But when she was a child, grew up in an orphanage, ended up on the streets, addicted to drugs. You know, it's just like. Why? Why was this her lot in life? Why, why, mm-hmm. why? What is the point of that? Why does that exist? I don't know. A- anybody, please help yeah. me. I need to know it doesn't make any sense. Is it real? Right. Is it even real? Ugh. Uh, Just... Organized crime, man. I hate it. Yeah. Well, and it's also like reading about the triad and reading, you know, just thinking about organized crime and where it comes from and the history of it was really complicated and like spanned many countries. And so I didn't get into it, but, you know, they started as a part of it was just a a revolt to help people, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, against a government. And it was just their attempt to protect themselves, you know, in the beginning, Mm -hmm. which it always is. It's just like when you think about gangs and anything else, you know, they started as a way for people to sort of take back the power and to protect the neighborhood and to protect each other. And then sociopathy comes into play somewhere along Mm -hmm. the line and it turns into a way to just like torture and control people just like anything else. It just also breaks my heart, you know? Yeah. Make a lot of money. Yeah. Money and power. When when you just see that cycle over and over again, like with everything, everything human beings do, whatever, with everything, all, every well-intentioned cult, Nexium, you know, it's like, I, I don't know if you've watched the new season of The Vow on HBO, mm-hmm. but it's from uh, what's her head, Sarah, the the not Vanguard, the other one, the second in command, oh. the girl, the woman with the glasses. It's from her okay. point of view. They, it's all really? her. Yeah, it's. I find it much more interesting than the first season. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. The first season was fine, but it wasn't like if you've listened to the podcast. Yeah, you know, or watch the Showtime. Really... I thought the Showtime show was oh, maybe that's what much more enlightening. It got way deeper into the details of like the abuse. Maybe that's what I. I might not have watched the first season of The Vow. It's good, but it's from the point of view of the people who defected first. And right. in my opinion, it's real light on the details and. Yeah. After watching it's, the Showtime one, it's because they were complicit in a lot of the abuse. Right. And so it's much less sympathetic. And then watching sorry, Sarah or whatever her name is 
talk about the foundation of the company is fascinating, mm-hmm. you know, cause she was a nurse who is particularly interested and in studied, um, healing trauma. And they did all this insane work with Tourette's and they cured multiple people of Tourette's. Hmm. It's really interesting, but you know, she was clearly very well intentioned and completely lost the thread along the way, you know, and was, she, is she as innocent as she would like to make herself out to be? Probably not. But, right. you know, again, it's really interesting to see where it started and how it lost its way and turned into a way to systematically torture and abuse a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. women. Yep. So hmm. I don't know. Check it out. Yeah. I don't know what we do about that other than just trying to identify when people have poor intentions. I know. <laughs> but... In the meantime, let's just put a little love out for Fan Man Yi and what she had to endure because yes. it's unimaginable. Ugh, I just keep getting these chills. I don't, I mean, they don't, there's no words. There's not, no way to react to that that's appropriate other than like scream right. and cry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's awful. Exactly. Yeah. But I think it's a story that needs to be told and it hasn't been told as often. And mm-hmm. so there you go. Do with it there what you, you will. Yep. So feel like we should do a couple of shouty outies. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we have, luckily, we have a lot of people signing up for our Patreon and we love yep. that. And thank you so much. But we are about six. Let me look. I can tell exactly how many. We have 62 people on our list to shout out right now. And we are on September 12th. So if you joined in mid-September, get ready. This is your week. If you joined in November, it's probably going to be a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> we will get to you. But yes. we just want to take our time. Yeah. Right. I, I think a lot of people sign up for the Shouty Outies and... Um, if you're just signing up for the episodes, great. You can get those right away. But if you are signing up because you want your shouty outy, um, I know it's going to take a while, but I want it to be special. It's something that we do oh. special for our Patreon supporters because we really, 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 really appreciate y'all. And so I can't rush it. I just can't. Today's like an extra hard word day for me too. So <laughs> if I can only do two, I just have to say it, you know, if it yes. comes out like weird ass water, then I will just keep on going. But <laughs> I really, one of these days I really will do it. I'll do the shouty outies. We'll yeah, see how that too. goes. And I then people will be like, can, uh, excuse me, can you, I didn't want you to do it. <laughs> We should wait when you join if you want me to do it, just like tell us and I'll yeah, I'll try, put a little I'll note try in there. <laughs> yes, I would love for you to do it. It's really fun, it's really freeing, yeah. but it is hard to like maintain that energy or up. whatever yeah. that word is that for that stuff. That Authenticity, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much for joining. Uh, you can also join if you'd like. Yes, thank you so much to Patty H. Patty wants to get your cakes. And why does she want to get your cakes? Well, you better know this about Patty and your cakes. Not her cakes. Your cakes is what I'm referring to. Because they're made of everything that you belong in you. Specifically, love, kindness, cautiousness, and care. Also, attractiveness. It's everywhere. But not just that. It's also things like hotness and fashion and success and might 
and not last but not least it's the absence of fright because she's not afraid of anything she's patty with your cakes <laughs> yes i don't know the relationship between patty and your cakes but that's that, that's for, for to... patty to know and for us to find out <laughs> obviously obviously <laughs> Thank you so much to Natalie M. Listen, Nat, this is where it's at. Nat is on the scene. Nat and her very good friend are going to tell you what it means. Nat says, listen to your friend. And her friend says, what? And she says, this is not the end. This is just the beginning of something very, very fucking exciting for you. Because I know what's going to happen. And it's going to happen out of the blue in like one day. You're not going to believe it. <laughs> and it's going to blow your mind. It's better than you could ever imagine, and it's going to get you from behind all the goodness that you've ever wanted. <laughs> Natalie's coming straight at you with the force of a Mack truck, and it's going to break into your house and through your face and into your brain and your soul. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, that to look forward to, Natalie. <laughs> I don't know why you were telling your friend who then like came back around to tell you, but... That was for you, Natalie. It's going to be fucking good. <laughs> I have one more. One more in me. Okay. Thank you so much to Rosa M. Rosa, Rosa. She is the most beautiful one. Rosa's on her way to get to the empire of the sun <laughs> why she goes there only rosa knows but when she gets there that's when the flower grows and it grows and it grows into rosa's nose and she sniffs it up and in and then the fun begins and rosa is more beautiful than she could ever imagine. <laughs> than she ever knows. Can you rhyme nose with nose? <laughs> That's what you all have to look forward to when Sadie does the shouty outers. Oh my God, you guys, we love you so much. We cannot so even much. fucking stand it. And mm -mm. if you want to spend more time with us, you can go to our Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, or that's all at They Will Kill. You can go to our website, theywillkill.com. You can email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe to us also. Please do it. do it. Yes. Thank you for those of you who have. Very much appreciated. Yes. Uh, thank you, AJ Perkins, for our music. Yes. Thank you so much. So nice. We love it. We do. And remember, let's see what we got written down on here. Oh, my God. I just have to call out a fucking listener who, you know, like sent a nice message on Instagram. And just so you all know, when you send nice messages, I always like look at your profiles and just suss out who's out there listening to us and loving us and what kind of people you are. I just I get great happiness from it. I just love it. And I love you all. And I want you to know that we are paying attention to you. So this listener stood out to me because their entire Instagram page is photos of them 
as a ghost with a sheet over <laughs> several years. What? Yes, for Halloween. Oh, with, my like, God. Wearing glasses, holding a mug, like with a hat, a <laughs> little cap. And then like some cats and a couple other things. But uh, that's the entire Instagram. And I was like, holy shit, if we have not found our people, I don't even yeah, know what. It just gave amazing. me so much joy to see this like goofy, wonderful, inspired Instagram of her <laughs> dressed as a sheet goat ghost over several hobbins. Oh my god. And, yeah. So we see you. We love you. Not oh, just so that listener, much. all of you. But that was like, if we needed a mascot to just sort of sum up this community of people, I think it's <laughs> I think it's Ghost Sheet Girl. I think that's it. Uh, really? I mean, we've been getting some really, really, really nice yeah, letters, really, like emails and feedback yeah. and DMs. And, um, yeah. It just feeds us. Uh, we don't always have time to get back to everybody, but we we read them. It we screenshot them to each other. Yeah. We, yeah, they're so know, much a part of just, our lives. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yes. No, I think about. I mean, it's yeah. Our listeners, as it's like that, you are real to me, one hundred percent. And I think about yeah. you individually and. Um, so don't think it's one-sided. No, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Sort of like you all live inside of me now, but you do. <laughs> it really, yes. You know, you've become a part of us, like a, for real. Yeah. Um, you've completely changed my life, and I'm so mm-hmm. grateful for me that. Too. I'm so grateful for all of you for showing up every week and pushing us to keep doing this because it's been life-changing and just amazing so we love you we love you so much until we see you again adieu 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 goodbye (laughs)